0: To the Cambi Report Council Interview Series, Tanya Paz and Diego Cardona of the Vision Vancouver site. Maybe just to get started, let's start with you, Tanya. Who are you for those who haven't come across you, like the pre-council candidate, Tanya?
1: Oh, pre Oh, well, I am pre-council. <laughs> yeah.
0: But before you decided to jump as a candidate.
1: Oh, so, uh, well, I decided that at least four years ago, probably. So. But you mean, I know what you mean. You mean, what do I do and what, who am I and all that. So I have been living in Vancouver since I moved here to go to UBC in 91, got a degree in international relations, and have lived downtown for 24 years, right in the center, in a neighborhood that people think doesn't exist called Downtown, <laughs> between West End and Yaletown. And it does exist, and it's actually a very friendly place to live. Um... And in my profession, I've been a, now I'm what's called a shared mobility expert. So that's someone who has worked actually in a number of cities around the world in car sharing, bike sharing, ride sharing, bus sharing, and how it works with transit and also how it works with housing to uh, reduce the cost of housing by building fewer parking spots, building apartment buildings near transit with car sharing nearby or in the building. Uh, right now, in m- Metro Vancouver, if I can geek out for a moment for your listeners, um, the last survey that was done in Metro Vancouver, 25 to 35 percent of the underground parking is unused. So that's a lot of money that could have gone to more units, basically. So uh, looking, at, looking at all those kinds of ways to make cities smarter and, uh, and obviously greener, that's my biggest passion. So I guess I'm at heart I'm an environmentalist, but that's what gets me up in the morning but there's a lot of reasons uh, not to want uh, all that. Uh, I guess, oh, and then maybe this is too long, but I also, the last six years, have volunteered for the City of Vancouver, you know, just for kicks in my spare time, about 10 to 25 hours a week, actually, um, uh, chairing the City's Active Transportation Policy Council, so advising City Council, Park Board, School Board on walking, cycling, skateboarding, transit, and public spaces. So the, the new squares that we have, the car-free spaces downtown like uh, uh, yeah, Jim Diva Plaza, 800 Robson and Robson and Butte.
0: And for you, Diego, I know a lot of people heard your story during the by-election,
2: but maybe just for those who didn't, you came to Canada as a refugee? I did. So my name is Diego Cardona and uh, I, I'm from Colombia. I came from Colombia as a refugee in 2005. And I've settled in Vancouver mid, late 2006 after being in a, for a while in Montreal. And that sort of shaped my whole experience. I'm really someone who's rooted in the lived experience of, of, of myself as an individual, of my family, and of the communities that I work and organize with and uh, advocate for. Uh, I've been part, particularly, of, of, of founding and really advancing the work of two. Uh, big initiatives. One is called the Fresh Voices Initiative which Mm -hmm. is the largest advocacy organization in the country of immigrant refugee youth and we focus on developing policy recommendations for all three levels of government on how to make sure that we build inclusive communities that take into account the experiences of immigrant and refugee families and also have done a lot of work uh, with youth from care. I'm I'm a former foster kid myself Uh, around the age in which we transition out of government care, particularly with the Federation of BC Youth in Care, but also we've done a lot of work to try to overhaul the foster care system so that we no longer have uh, young people who actually die in the care of government. In 2014 the stat was 168 young people died in the care of government in 2014, Uh, so we have a system that's actually not only producing poverty and homelessness for those that can transition out of it, but it's also killing people while they're in it. So those have been my, my biggest passion for being involved in, in the community and in, in systems change. And, and more locally, I, I've been advising the, you know, I've advised the city of Vancouver and the Vancouver School Board on anti-racism and multicultural issues. Particularly on the access without fear policy and the motion to allow permanent residents to vote in Vancouver. and So that's kind of some of the work that we have to follow on after the election. And so Vision's been in power for a decade, essentially since it
0: was created. But it's also facing a lot of negatives. People are very polarized on the party and maybe not as enthusiastic. How are you trying to overcome that this election?
1: Actually, when we knock on doors, we don't find that, right? So we're only knocking on, we're not knocking on everybody's door. (laughs) We're knocking on certain doors, and those doors uh, are still strongly with us. So that's great. I would say that, yeah, your average person, there's maybe 200 noisy people on Twitter who, some of them, you know, venomously maybe hate us. I'm okay with that. A lot of the bold leadership that that we took, uh, our leaders took to make tough decisions have turned out to be very beneficial things. You know, think about all that heat on uh, Point Grey Road Seaside Greenway. And how many times now when I see a dad playing with his kids and I say, oh, wow, they're really having fun here. And he says, you know, he doesn't know who I am. He says, you know, I was really against this thing when when it first came out, but now I love it. Same thing with Arbutus Greenway. Same thing with Burrard Bridge. Same same thing with so many projects. I mean, I know those are transportation projects, but the same thing with the temporary modular homes, right? The first one that went in was tough, and they did it anyway. It was the right thing to do. And since then, we've got a number of sites that look really good.
2: And I would add to Tania is... Uh, people are really excited about the the team of folks that we're running this time around. You know, it's folks that haven't been elected before. Only uh, Heather and Alan are the only, and Catherine, who's in Park Board, is also an incumbent, I guess. But you know, so it's, it's a bunch of people that bring new energy and new perspectives. So people are also open to hearing what they're, what we're all about. So it's, so it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, I would say.
1: I would also say that what the provincial government, the new provincial government we've had in the last year, what they've done, is helping us a lot. So our Attorney General, David Eby, talking about going after the money launderers, talking about oh, going after people with speculation, all um, uh, the, you know, the house flipping that's going on. People are then able to see, oh, you can't blame all of this on the city. Some of this is from other levels of government, and they start to understand that the, how complicated the housing issue is.
0: So, the big issue on everyone's minds and at the front is housing and it's the crisis. Many people are saying, what in your view is the crisis? And given that Vision's been in for a decade and sort of developed in that time, maybe it predates it in some ways. What do you... Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) That's up to you to argue. But what will Vision do to address the crisis going forward?
2: Do you want me to go? Or do you want, to, <laughs> you want go? to start, whatever. Sure. I mean, that, so, you like. so that was the first question. What's that? What is the actual crisis in your world? Well, I mean, there is no, there's, there's no doubt that there's, a, there's an affordability component to the crisis. is a big part of what makes people anxious and emotional, and it's why they're so passionate about uh, the issue of housing. Uh, I think a big part of the crisis is also non-market housing, like how much non-market housing we need. You know, When we compare ourselves to other G7 countries, we don't build as much government housing as others because the federal and the province, and the federal and provincial governments have been out of the business of building housing for a very long time. Before I was born, that's how long they've been out of this. So I think there's a reality around addressing affordability. And so uh, part of what we're proposing around that is we want to make sure we protect the current affordable stock, so that's renewing co-op leases and renewing the 10 most urgent ones in the first year. I'm building 2,000 new co-ops because we know co-ops are a good model that promotes affordability, community, that promotes a sense of belonging. Uh, but then there's also the, the real question of options. There's, that's, that's also part of the housing crisis. You know, I, I've grown up in Vancouver since I've been in a single family neighborhood. That means I've always grown up in big houses. My parents have passed away. It's not just my sister and I. Uh, we wanna continue living in single-family neighborhoods because we like the one we live in. But we don't need the space that we currently have. So it's also about creating different options for people in different parts of the city. And that means that we have to look at zoning and what we allowed in different parts of the city. Not, we've, we've now passed duplexes for it. now, they will be legal in most parts of the what? city. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. you know, that's, I know a lot of my friends that live south of 41st, they live there and they live in laneway houses because it allows young people to stay in single family neighborhoods. So I think there's an affordability component, there's an options component to it, and I think our platform is, is trying to address both the supply uh, component of the crisis but also the demand. After Saturday, we're likely to see a
0: very diverse council of people of all kinds of stripes and political colors. Vision's best-case scenario might be five councillors with a mayor who is not on your party. How do you work with an independent mayor or maybe an NPA or like Yes Vancouver or some other kind of mayor, plus people of other parties, to get through the policies you're passionate about?
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, The progressives have worked really well together uh, this time. And um, so we would consider that to be um, some of the independents running, Vision, One City, Greens, COPE, um, I think, you know, and a range. And we purposely all run not a majority in order to, um, um, to work together. We're planning to work together. And we've met with Kennedy Stewart and Shauna Sylvester and would be happy to work with either one. So uh, we're we're ready to uh, to to move things forward as soon as we're sworn in November 5th. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would add to that. You know, I think the beauty. I'm I, I'm I'm someone that is a fan of the idea of political parties because they they provide people with a clear platform. So like we have a clear platform with uh, that says you know we want to build a Broadway subway to UBC. That says. We want to be the greenest city in the world. We have, we want to build 88,000 new homes and double the number of modular housing. And if there is a mayor that has also has similar goals, like we, we'd be happy to work with people. We're going to do it based on the platform that you know, folks elect us too on, on Saturday. And I, I think that's that's the guiding framework for us.
1: I would say that the if you're looking for more juice, I guess, than that, um, uh, one of the things I think could possibly happen is that you could have people like us who are pragmatic about what can get done. And often when you're setting goals, you want to if you've reached seventy five percent of your goal, you should feel okay about that. So when some of the decisions we'll have to make will not be perfect. They're not gonna be exactly ideal situations that we're setting up, whether it's housing or transit or something else. And I I think if it's but I think if it's seventy-five percent towards what we are working towards and we've had to make a couple of compromises, then we need, must move forward. And we could we could you know say, oh, because of our principles, we're not gonna vote for this, but that ends up really stalling things. So I, I hope that there are others we want to work with who also have that, that in mind, that we will do our darndest to make it work for as many people as possible, but that, uh, as we know in planning, uh, the perfect is the enemy of the good. And so we need to move forward uh, regardless.
0: With that note, let's move into some lighter, less political things. One question we've been asking everyone is, Justin McElroy ran this bracket to see who was Vancouver's unofficial ambassador and Canuck the Crow won, and Gregor Robertson conceded very early in that (laughs) to the Crow and endorsed it. Who would be your picks for Vancouver's unofficial ambassador?
1: Unofficial ambassador of Vancouver. (laughs) Oh, there's so many. I was actually just thinking that, you know, that uh, we're a city that's rich in resources. When I, 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 I don't have an answer for you, but when I was in uh, Buffalo, New York for a month, I, I volunteered there for a month because it's a declining city and I wanted to know how a city you know, gets to the shrinking its size and, and having the troubles it has and how do we avoid that. Uh, and it's often huge, massive projects that they've spent too much money on and get built and aren't needed and that kind of a thing. And what's left, really, in, ba- in Buffalo is a lot of human resources to pick it up. And as I was going through inviting people to an event on Facebook, I thought, wow, we have so many human resources in our city that, that make it work, everybody doing their bit, you know, everything from the Canby Report <laughs> to, uh, yeah, to helping, to reviving people who've od you know, Uh Uh, I'd have to think about
2: it. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's uh, I I I don't know if I have an answer of who like a single who would I pick a a single individual who is the you know an ambassador of the unofficial the unofficial ambassador of Vancouver. I know I mean I would have to go with like I think I think peer workers who are doing work in the downtown eastside. I think I think they they really embody uh, something that we should be really proud as a city and. I think lately, for me, as, you know, as someone who really connects with the all on board campaign, the folks that are promoting free transit for kids and folks in low income, like, I know very much what it's like to not be able to take the bus because you don't have money when I grew up and I, I think they're doing as a, a good service bringing those issues up. So I would, I would pick either you know, the folks running the all on board campaign or peer workers are, as my unofficial ambassadors. All right. And my last question is Vancouver's
0: changed a lot even since you moved here in 2006 what's one thing the city's lost that you wish we could bring back whether it's a venue an event I don't
2: know maybe a team or a other idea well I can tell you you know I think um uh, something that we've lost that uh, you know I hope uh, comes back is that's an interesting question. I was gonna say I was very fond of this little cafe in in near Kinsway, near Kinsway in Maine called the Hardwood cafe and you know I think uh, they've lo- they we, they really left Vancouver because they were both a business but also a, a, an ethical social enterprise so you know everything was organic people were being paid living wages uh, if people couldn't afford the food they could pay on a sliding scale and I don't think that in the world, we have created the, the kind of economic uh, mindset to support those kind of uh, projects that are like really community mandate, but they also have a business framework to it because I don't think that's how capitalism works. I don't think, so I, <laughs> so I think that that requires a broader conversation about capitalism, but that and I think, you know, it's policing costs have gone up in general for public events and and a lot of the ones that I really like that happen on Granville Street don't no longer happen on Granville Street because policing in Granville Street is really expensive thing and liability insurance. So I think, uh, how do we revitalize Granville Street so those festivals can come back to? That's the, come up a few times. Yeah, I think it's it's a big big question, and and the main concern is policing costs.
1: I'm such a film fest buff. I try to go to as many film fests as I can in our city. And when I was working at Moto and signing up nonprofits and sponsoring things, I ended up, you know, we ended up sponsoring a number of film fests and becoming quite the arts advocates <laughs> for that. So I love old movie theaters. And there was, I'm trying to think of the name of it, there was one on Granville. I had a particularly rough a weekend once in 1993 and it was always used to be 250 for and you could stay for three movies so it was the the little one on the west side of gramble street um and i i like i like the balconies too maybe it's because i'm a short person i like to watch from the balconies (laughs) up high but i would say a couple of them that that somehow we've been able to save this year uh the Hollywood Theater and the Rio Theater. Um, you know, Visions play, played a big part in those and uh I I actually love the Hollywood Theater again the balcony up there. <laughs> so um, uh who knows maybe I'll be at a film fest at the Hollywood soon. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well for those who want to find out more about the Vision
2: Vancouver campaign where can they go on the internet to find out? You can go to votevision.ca they'll find the bios of all of our ten candidates, five for council Three for school board and two for park board, and you can also find all our policy announcements there. And when we and thank you for this. We really hope people get out and vote. Uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of people are predicting low voter turnout for many for many factors that you know that might result in that. So, as many folks as that you can encourage to go to the polls, um, that's amazing and. Of course, from our perspective, uh, as many folks that you can encourage to go to the polls to vote progressive. <laughs> yeah, it's I always know, good. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I know a lot of urbanists uh, listen to your program, yes. so I guess I would say, if people want more housing and more transit, they would they would do well to vote for us and for One City, and have a look at who else is for more mass rapid transit, like a Broadway subway, before uh, choosing other otherwise.
0: Thank you both. All right. Thank you. <laughs>